Looking for practical information to help you make decisions about your diagnosis, whether DCIS, early or metastatic breast cancer? BCNA's My Journey features articles, webcasts, videos and podcasts about breast cancer during treatment and beyond to help you, your friends and family as you progress through your journey. It also features a symptom tracker to help you manage the changing symptoms you may encounter during your own breast cancer experience. My Journey. Download the app or sign up online at myjourney.org.au. Let's be upfront about fatigue and breast cancer. Fatigue is a term used to describe persistent tiredness and exhaustion and is one of the most common side effects of having breast cancer. Fatigue can have a physical and emotional impact and it can be overwhelming and debilitating. The other thing about fatigue is that it affects everyone differently and at different stages. And sometimes rest helps, other times it doesn't. So how do you manage it? Today on Upfront, we're talking to two women with different experiences of fatigue. Kathy Wells is 58 years old and was diagnosed with early breast cancer in 2021. She's had surgery and chemotherapy. Rena Portis is 43 and was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in 2014. Also joining us is specialist breast care nurse with more than 25 years experience, Catherine Wallace. A reminder that this episode of Upfront About Breast Cancer is an unscripted conversation with our guests. The topics discussed are not intended to replace medical advice nor necessarily represent the full spectrum of experience or clinical options. So please exercise self-care when listening as the content may be triggering or upsetting for some. Catherine, if I could start with you, can you explain to us what actually is breast cancer-related fatigue and what causes it? Okay, thanks, Kelly. Thanks for the invitation to be uh, a part of this very important conversation. Uh, You know, breast cancer, in fact, any cancer, one of the major side effects is fatigue, whether it be mental fatigue or physical fatigue. Um, I think it's just, it's often not relieved by rest or sleep. It can severely affect uh, an individual's quality of life. I often refer to it with women as they're running a biological marathon. And we use the term journey, and it is a journey, but sometimes that journey can turn into a very long marathon. And, you know, there's, it's, it's probably the most, as I said, the most common side effect. It can be caused by medication. It can be caused by some physiological um, issues around anemia, suppressed immune systems, maybe insomnia during, due to uh, menopause symptoms, hot flushes, anxiety, chemo fog, muscle fatigue, and it can be chronic. It's one of those things that women say they've just hit the wall and they find it very difficult to deal with. Kathy, your diagnosis is fairly recent. Can you describe the fatigue you've experienced related to the treatment you've had? Yeah, so I've had uh, five months of chemotherapy treatment and that's where I've experienced my fatigue. I'm still to have radiotherapy, so that's all ahead of me. Um, The fatigue I have was really quite overwhelming. Um, I've um, been working at BCNA for a a long time now and I've listened to women talk about fatigue. Um, And 
I've I've had I've had children and I've worked full time and been a single mum. So I know the fatigue of lack of sleep and having a busy life. But the fatigue with cancer is completely different. It's it's completely overwhelming. Um, it makes it really hard to get out of bed. Some mornings, you know, I would find you know, I could struggle out of bed, have a shower, and then I'd have to have a rest before I could dry myself off and get dressed. And I'd need another rest before I could get down the stairs to think about breakfast. So it really is um, overwhelming. It's a physical fatigue as well as a mental fatigue. Did it catch you by surprise somewhat? I mean, given that you've been working at BCNA for 15 years, you've had a lot of first-hand uh, relations with many women and their different experiences. So you're not a stranger to the area by any means. Did the actual fatigue that you felt catch you by surprise? Because the other thing, many people talk about fatigue after radiation as opposed to chemo. So it was almost like you were possibly preparing for the radiation fatigue, not so much the chemo. Oh, well, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? <laughs> um, it did catch me by by surprise, yes. Although I have to say I have an underlying issue with uh, some anemia. So I'd been, um, we'd been investigating that prior to my breast cancer diagnosis and hadn't come to a cause for that. So that could well have contributed to it. And I actually had um, two blood transfusions during my chemotherapy treatment um, because of the anemia. So that I'm sure contributed. But yeah, it certainly, um, yeah, I, I, it's very hard to explain. I've tried to explain to people in the office the difference between cancer fatigue and fatigue that's you know related to everyday life and living a busy life. And they're just completely different. I can sleep a good solid eight hours or 10 hours. Um, you know, my sleep's been good, but I still um, can hardly, you know, can hardly function the, the next morning. Mm. Rena, you have metastatic breast cancer, which means the cancer has spread and, and you've had it for a while now. What's your experience of fatigue? So when I was diagnosed back in 2014, I was pregnant with uh, my third child. So I already had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, so I also knew uh, what fatigue or what's being exhausted, what that meant. Um, I would say because it was such a busy time of my life, I had a really good support network around me that sort of closed in and took care of everything in my life when it happened and for the first six, 12 months. Meaning that my parents came up from Denmark, um, lived with us, took the took care of the kids. Um, so it really, I really stepped out of my life in that sense. Um, I had chemotherapy uh, for eight months at the time, and of course that that uh, caused fatigue. But um, I think I was so focused on my fight at that time, so I could also focus on getting my rest. Um, so. I had radiotherapy after that, and I, I, as you said, Kelly, it's um, that's a, a fatigue where it sort of comes up to months afterwards, and that really hits you like a hammer. Um, as, as you describe it, Kathy, it's um, I, I always have a picture in my head of a sausage, like you can you can squeeze a sausage and and, and squeeze it all flat. And, and under normal circumstances in my life, I, I would always have some a little bit more energy to give things. But with this cancer fatigue and the radiation fatigue, it's just flat and there's nothing else to squeeze out of it. So it's not a mental thing to say, come on, you can, you can actually 
do this. It's bigger than that. Yes. Uh, uh, all my life, I've been a very high achiever. I've always believed that I could do whatever I wanted to. And it's just about pushing, pushing through. I've done sport on a very high level. So pain is not a problem. It's actually a, a way of getting to, to success. But, but this is something where you just, you just can't overcome it. It's, it's just flat. Mm. I mean, I, I've, I've been sitting on the couch looking at my legs and just thinking, I can't actually get up from the couch right now. Catherine, that must be, that sounds like it in a nutshell. Why is that? Why can't you actually find that little bit extra in the tank? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. And and most women I meet, um, you know, are doers. You know, most women are doers. They like to be physically active. Uh, there's not many couch potatoes out there, you know, and a diagnosis can strike at any time. And I think how Rena and Kathy have explained it is is perfect. It's like in under any normal circumstances, a good night's sleep can often relieve the, you know, if you're generally tired. But this is not just being tired. This is a, this is a different uh, experience. And whilst I haven't experienced that personally, I've certainly you know, the frustration, I think, for women. Um, and it can be caused by things like, as Cathy's mentioned, anemia. Uh, it might be because your immune system suppressed during during your treatments. It could be muscle fatigue. It could be, uh, for some women with bone metastases, it could be, you know, pain that also affects. And anyone that's dealt with chronic pain, um, regardless of whether it's been cancer or not, knows how tiring that can be. So I think it's a combination of all of those things. Um, and I, I think it's important for women to, well, when I say important, I think more or less it's acknowledging and that's what I, I do. I say this, look, you're not alone with this. This is extremely common. And if you, you've got a young woman who has, you know, been very sporty, or any older woman that's been very active and then they just find it really frustrated. They just cannot find the energy that they want to be able to do the simplest of things, whether it be, as as Kathy's mentioned, getting out of bed and having a shower. A lot of women say that is just the most exhausting thing and after the shower it's almost like their whole morning's gone before they can actually do anything. And, and sometimes it might be working out for yourself, when is your best time of day? So maybe having the shower before you go to bed at night might be a better idea than in the morning. It, it's kind of working out where your energy levels are, perhaps at their best. Does it some does it follow a follow a template? Is there any sort of standard fatigue, if you like? Or like I said to Kathy, so many women experience the cumulative effect mm. of radiation and they've finished their treatment all of a sudden they fall like a ton mm. of bricks because it's just caught up with them. Kathy's experience is the chemo. Is mm. Are there some flags that we can look out for that are almost certain to cause you fatigue? Look, I, I think where you're coming in at a cancer diagnosis can make a big difference. If you're carrying a lot of extra comorbidities on top of your breast cancer diagnosis, that means you are going to probably start on the back foot. 
I think, you know, we know that exercise and activity can counteract fatigue. Um, I have a bit of a mantra I use for women. I say, look, if you've if you've uh, if you feel a bit tired, or if you feel tired and you can't really be bothered going for that walk, definitely go for that walk. But if you've hit the wall, then rest. You know, and it's really listening to your body. Um, I think the flags might be, you know, uh, I know for women having taxol in, uh, in particular. Um, by the end of their taxol treatment, there is just that feeling of like, I just need this to be over. This seems to just be going on forever. Um, so there can be that feeling of, um, you know, set, setting realistic goals is really important. I think tuning in to what you can do and what you can't do. Um, the flags might be changing treatments from AC through to taxol, um, some of those oral chemotherapies can be, um, you know, quite difficult as well, dealing with general side effects um, and what level of support people have. Um, if you're dealing with three young children, it's quite different to someone who's perhaps retired and they're empty nesters. You know, this, uh, I always say to women, always accept help. It's a win-win because some people just don't know what to say so if I, they can do something for you, it's helping them and it's helping you. And and the three C's for young mums is the cooking, the cleaning and the childcare. So um, that, that can be really helpful. So a lot of women find it difficult to accept help. I think most women, regardless, find it very difficult to accept mm. help. So, Kathy, you have adult children, uh, but you live alone. So that presents a whole different set of challenges and you live in a two-storey home. Take us through some of the challenges that you faced and, and how you had to rethink what you did and when you did it. Well, to start with, I had to plan at the beginning of the day to take downstairs everything I thought I was going to need during the day because, you know, I had to have a think about, do I really want to go up and down those stairs again? Um in terms of my children, yes, they don't live at home. They're in their 20s, but they were a fantastic support for me. So um, each chemo session, my daughter would come and stay with me the night before and take me and drop me off to chemo and then pick me up afterwards because, of course, during this COVID period, you can't have anybody in take you can't take anybody to your appointments with you, which is a, another issue altogether. Um, but she would take me and pick me up afterwards and then stay for the next few nights and and um, just keep an eye on me. Um, so, yeah, so they were a great support. I relied on them. I relied on, oh, I, we'll try not to get emotional, but a few close good friends who live nearby who are there, at, you know, at the end of the phone and will drop everything to come and support me. So they've been fantastic and, you know, I wouldn't have got through um, through it all without, really without my two kids and without those few close friends uh, who've really have supported me. And then there've been, uh, as Catherine was saying, you know, we keep hearing, you know, when people offer help, accept it. Sometimes it's hard to know, you know, people say, what can I do? And it's really hard to know and to actually give them a task to do. But sometimes just having somebody to talk to, somebody on the phone, a phone call was good. Um, and then, you know, there were people to do a bit of shopping and, um, help out, um, you know, somebody do my washing and hang my washing out for me at some stage. So all those little things were really helpful. Do you 
find that it's better to lean into the fatigue, so to speak. I know you're saying that you'd have a shower, which is in a normal day, a fairly simple process, but you, by the time you dried yourself, you actually had to lie down on the bed yeah. and, and rest. Yep. So there were days I just had to accept I couldn't, you know, I can't do anything or I can't do anything this morning. Um, you know, I after my first six weeks of chemo, once I started the Taxol, I started to get back into doing some work. So all work from home. So there were days I'd take the laptop up and sit in bed and do a bit of work. There were days I just sent an email and said, I'm actually not up to doing any work today. My brain's not working, let alone my body. Um, so I was really lucky with BCNA that they're so flexible. And I, you know, I appreciate that I'm in a, you know, a special situation here with my work where I can work if I feel up to it and not if I if I don't. Um, so yeah, so I just really had to um to give in to how I was feeling. And, you know, everybody says, you know, put yourself first, look after yourself, listen to your body. Um, and they all sort of sound like platitudes, but it's actually really so true when you've got mm-hmm. breast cancer. You do have to listen to your body and, um, you know, and if, you, if you're not up to doing anything, just accept that. And really right at the beginning, I just accepted that, that 2021 is going to be a write-off um, for me this year. I'm going to, you know, it's it's my year for treatment. I'm giving it over to breast cancer, and you know, hopefully by Christmas I'll be, you know, back on my feet and you know, back to a more normal life. But I really started with that outlook that I've just got to um, deal with this as best I can, take it day by day, don't look too far ahead, um, and just manage what what you know what comes up each day. I think actually, can I just interrupt there, Kathy? That's a really good point. Often I say to women, regardless of what type of treatment, what length of treatment, we know there's lots of different types of breast cancers and treatments. Is you know, put aside six to twelve months. You know, kind of set that in your mind that look, this is a uncharted waters for the next six to twelve months. I don't know how I'm going to feel, and then give yourself give yourself the same length of time for kind of a recovery phase. It's, you know, and there are different phases. A lot of women say when they're first diagnosed, they're they're exhausted simply because of the information overload. You know, it's for, for many women, it's like a new language. So. And then they've got family and friends constantly asking them questions and it's it's responding to other people's responses to your diagnosis, which can be exhausting. And I'm sure Rena's felt that too. And you've got family long distances away, which makes it even more challenging, I'm sure. And Rena, of course, yours isn't a six to 12 month experience. Yours has been going on for six years and will for the rest of your life how do you how do you cope with that and make it part of your life because metastatic breast cancer is part of your life and will be so what do you do to a get your head around it and b make life possible so it's a constant learning curve i say um for me it has been really important to make my priorities of what what do I spend my energy on? Because um, with three young kids, um, they are my my highest priority, of course. So there are things that I've said I can't I can't cook I can't cook them. Whole, everything is not um, homemade in our house anymore because that's where I can I can save some energy. Um, 
I would also say like Kathy, when people ask, because everyone is so lovely, of course, friends and family, what can I do? Just anything. I have I have like a standard answer because it's always hard to come up with something on, on the spot. And it's always a meal would be lovely. And 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 that's something everyone can do. Um, and it is an enormous help. It just saves uh, Yes, um, the energy of going shopping and planning and cooking while you're doing the rest of your life. Um, many little things in my life I've changed. Um, you know, we do the shopping online, for example. We get our groceries delivered once a week now um, since my diagnosis. So for me, it has been important to carve out uh, a time of the day where I'm not accessible to anyone, family or phone calls or anything, and that's my best time. So to sort of be on top of, of the fatigue that I would otherwise experience later in the day, late afternoon, I'll go to my bedroom between one and three and, and make a pot of tea, healthy snacks, read a book or just lie down and, and listen to an audio book or yeah, read a book. So, so to really be ahead on, like on the front foot with the fatigue. I think that's a really good point. Uh, Catherine, some of everybody's experience is different, but with Rena, if she didn't get ahead of it, it was going to come back and bite her, so to speak. Mm. Is that a good way to approach, to try and be proactive in, in conserving your energy and not getting to that point of being so tired that you can't move, actually take yeah. the break before? Yeah, it's a bit like what I was saying before, the difference between sort of, you know, I'm, I'm tired and can't be bothered to, you know, I've hit the wall. And I think it's also about identifying what is what works for you, when, when is, when is, which time of the day is generally better for you. And that might change on a weekly basis. It could change on a daily basis. But I think what Ren has identified is that that space in time in the afternoon allows her that very important uh, me time where she's not at, uh, I guess, you know, with, with as I said, the, ch the young children and, you know, this, an understanding that that's her time for regeneration, rejuvenation. You know, some women use that time to do some mindfulness or some gentle exercise or just to rest or, as Rena said, audio books. Whatever it is, I think that can fill your cup or at least half fill your cup. Um, and it's having the realistic expectations of what you can and can't do. I know I've said that a few times, but I, I think for many women it is frustrating and having to readjust their um just their daily activities and the way they do things. I mean, diet's important, yes. Exercise is really important. You probably get lots of well-meaning friends and family who say what you should be eating and what, what, what sort of exercise you should be doing and there's a lot of shoulds out there and very well-meaning family members and friends giving you great ideas about how, how you should change your diet. But, look, for me, I think what works most for mostly for women is a sense of routine, trying to go to bed at the same time, trying to, you know, at night and just trying to have some form of routine, whether it be exercising, whether it's a, a walk for 30 minutes, whether it's some Pilates or yoga, there's lots of uh, uh, exercise programs out there that, you know, really show some strong evidence about how that relieves fatigue. And for some women, look, that may not be possible until they've, finish their active treatment phase. 
Yeah. Is something better than nothing? Exercise is often hailed as the magic bullet that everybody's looking for, but time and time again, we yeah. see evidence that it has so many benefits, both as part of a physical recovery or rejuvenation as well as oh, uh, it's, emotional. It's, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, exercise physiologists are going gangbusters out there at the moment. You know, this is a few years back, so much evidence has come back, in, uh, particularly in, in the arena of breast cancer and, and in particular some of those hormone uh, positive, you know, estrogen, progesterone positive breast cancers. We know the body puts on a lot of tummy fat as you go through menopause. And of course, menopause is a whole different subject. But I mean, if you're talking insomnia, lack of sleep, that could be due to night sweats, hot flushes, um, you know, going through menopause. Most women who are diagnosed with breast cancer either go through a chemically induced menopause or they're going through it anyway. Um, so I was trying to deal with with that sort of, uh, yeah, those sort of things as well. Um, yeah, so I think it's uh, just about what what suits. It's, it's not sort of not prescribed, although we know that exercise and keeping fit and active throughout your treatment often results in less side effects and more energy. I don't know, Cathy, have you felt that at all? Well, yes, I have actually. I was just going to jump in because I think my medical oncologist really did prescribe exercise for me. At my first yeah. meeting, so before I'd even started my chemo, she said to me, um, um, she introduced me to the exercise physiologist who I went off to see and I had a program. Um, so I've been trying to go weekly into their rooms or on Zoom when we're in lockdown. Um, and I've had a program which certainly has made me feel better. And especially I'm really finding now that I'm sort of between my surgery and radiotherapy that I'm benefiting. BCNA's Helpline provides a free, confidential phone and email service for people diagnosed with breast cancer. BCNA's experienced team will help with your questions and concerns and provide relevant resources and services. Call 1800 500 258 or email contact at bcna.org.au. When I was having my chemo, some days, you know, sometimes it was just too hard um, to do very much. But the EP was very good and flexible with the program. So, you know, I started off with some aerobic sort of exercise, but when I got too fatigued to do that, we switched it to just stretching, gentle stretching and just a bit of movement. So, you know, it always incorporated a half hour walk um, and then some gentle stretching and, and a bit of movement. So, yeah, I've found exercise, you know, a daily walk out, especially if it's sunny, if it's a beautiful sunny day, that really does a lot for your mood. Mm -hmm. um, and then that, you know, doing a bit of exercise at, at home or in at the um, EP cl um, clinic has been terrific. What about the you, other thing? Linda? Yes, I have uh, really benefited as well from uh, seeing an exercise physiologist. Uh, I... I personally have always thought that if you've got a strong body, then you're more, you've got more energy if you do more, right? We all, we all know that. And uh, I can't recommend it highly enough to, to see an exercise physiologist and get that tailored program for you mm. because they will look at where are your tumors, where are your pains. Uh, for me, they set in, you know, bones and spine and, 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 and my hips. So really build up strong muscles around that to support it and also to minimize pain. Like that's another great side effect for from strengthening your body. Uh, yes, and, 
So yeah, I was just going to say I'm I have some peripheral neuropathy too from my chemotherapy from the taxane. So um the EP is able to help with that too. So I'm doing some balance exercises um to manage that. So there, you know, there's all sorts of benefits with the, with the exercise yeah. and all sorts of things you can do with it. Yeah. And I think having the tailored approach is the key. You know, the individual approach and um, you know, we've got programs like XMED, we've got sites where you can access I think it's the ESSA site. You can access exercise physiologists in oncology care. I mean, it relieves fatigue. It's good for mental health. It's good for bone health. Like you said, Kathy, a nice sunny day, getting your vitamin D. Um, you know, I think it just, there's so many benefits to it. And it, and starting off small is fine. And, and starting off at whatever level you're at, there's some women, as I said before, that come in who have always been very active and there, there are others that maybe haven't so they're at a different um, starting point but you know uh, my experience is that, that there's only benefits to exercise and are just a well-balanced diet. What about listening to your body so there's part of you that goes I can't get out of bed this is so tired how do you balance listening to your body and knowing that perhaps pushing yourself a little bit will have a positive effect on that fatigue? We call it motivational interviewing from a health professional point of view um, because it can, be, it can be a challenging conversation, you know, if somebody is feeling totally exhausted and they've actually led a reasonably sedentary lifestyle, you're not going to get somebody all of a sudden going through this who's going to be enthused about the thought of going out for a 30-minute walk. Um, one of the side effects from treatment can be uh, not just the fatigue, but the weight gain. And for some women, that comes with feeling even worse mentally and physically. You know, putting on a few kilos during chemotherapy is quite common. Um, so it's, it's more sometimes dealing with the mental um, hurdles uh, rather than the physical. And I think when you when you can come from a I guess I'm going to say an evidence-based background of, of, of exercise physiologists saying this is going to Im improve your energy, this will decrease side effects, this may even decrease your risk of recurrence with breast cancer in some cases. So talking about it in a, in a really proactive, motivational way, rather than saying to someone, you have to do this or you should be doing this, because... Um, that's just not not the way to approach it. I think it um, has to come from a deeper place and, an, and a, a place of compassion and understanding and just, uh, just uh, encouragement. Mm. What about diet? Kathy, have you changed what you eat in order to try and um, reduce fatigue or...? Um, not really. I've tried. I've tried to be better with my fruit and veggies, <laughs> um, but but no, I haven't really changed my diet much. I don't know about Rena whether what she's doing. I I have actually changed my diet a lot. Um, I'm a food scientist by degree, so I'm also very. Uh, I love food and I think the way that it is so essential that we, what we put in our bodies is is what we get out of it, basically. And um, I I really believe that if you fuel your body with, uh, with good and healthy things, then, of course, it's stronger to tackle whatever, um, whether it's fatigue or 
treatment, cancer, anything. So I did change to, uh, you know, eating eating lots of um, high antioxidant, uh, antioxidant-rich foods and just included in my daily life. So green tea, berries, kale, all these things. And I realized when I started doing that, that I actually preferred it so much more than, you know, the bad habits I would have had before. Um, so it's 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 a really positive cycle for me was that when I started eating really healthy and a great variety of, of, of food, then uh, I felt better and I didn't even feel like food that wasn't that healthy. Do you think that it actually did something to ease your fatigue? I can appreciate that it was better for your body, but do you think it had a flow-on effect to how tired you might have otherwise had? I guess if you had a sugar rush or something, that then leads to a, a drop in energy levels. Did you actually notice any impact or reduction on your fatigue? Well, I didn't try. I, I, I can't compare it because uh, that's what I changed straight away. Um, but... I, for some reason, felt that, yes, my body was strong in a way that I was undergoing treatment and I did have fatigue, but I felt strong. I've had the whole family had a virus and I didn't catch it. I just, in a way, felt like my core was strong still. Hmm. Catherine, is, is that a real thing? Can you really help yourself with the food you eat and, and reduce fatigue through that? Do you know what? I think it's more about what can you have control of? What is it in this experience that you can control? And for some women who often feel that there's a total loss of control, I mean, nobody asks for breast cancer and, and, you know, over the 25 plus years I've seen all demographics, you know, vegans, meat eaters, people that like a glass of wine, you know, people that don't drink. I think diet can be partly about what can I do that can help me have some level of control about how I feel. So it's not doing uh, sort of these wild fad diets. I'm not not a big fan for that. But I think if somebody wants to cut out meat or if they want to increase their, like Kathy was saying, vegetable or, or fruit intake, as Rena's saying, she was really focusing on some really good foods that felt maybe gave her some more energy. I, I think that's a, a quite empowering. Um, it's a bit like the exercise, you know, it's um, using an encouragement rather than a, you know, well, this, this is something you should be doing. And I think somehow exercise and diet can be more within the realm of an individual's control. Mm. So, Kathy, a final, what's your been your biggest learning when it comes to fatigue and your, your greatest insight? I think my best advice I could give to women, apart from the exercise, which really does help, is to pace yourself. And I found um, I could only schedule one thing in a day and I couldn't schedule something every day. So if I was having coffee with a friend, um, I, that would be all I could do in a day. And I would make sure I had the coffee out. You know, we'd go, I'd go and meet in a cafe when we could. Um, and that way I could control the period of time 
that I was I was with her so that if I once I felt tired I could go home I could say you know I've got to go now whereas if they came to my place you know sometimes it's hard to get rid of people they're they're well-meaning and they want to stay they want to keep you company and look after you but all you want to do is go and have a lie down now and you know, I need my nap so I really I just scheduled one thing a day um, and as I say and then I gave myself some days off um, actually I've got a um, there's a book that I read an article in the paper on the weekend, a book by a young woman called Bryony Benjamin, and it's called Life is Tough, But So Are You. And she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when she was young, and um, and she's written this book about navigating her way through that. And her advice is to pa- about pacing yourself is, on days you feel bad, do a little more than you think you can. And on days you feel great, do a little less than you're capable of. And I think that's really good advice. You know, it's easy to overdo it when you're feeling good um, and think I'll just do this one more thing and then you're exhausted the next day so I like that bit of advice from her yeah, really good mm-hmm. Rena what about you you've got you've had a, a fair old journey so far and you, you've got a long way to go so what's your greatest learning so far into this experience and what has been your biggest takeaway so I think for me it is um set the bar lower than you think and then you can be positively surprised that you didn't feel exhausted um, instead of really try and push yourself and and then you pay the price for the next many days I've I've done that a few times where I'm just in bed for five days after after doing some gardening um, or whatever um, if you really try and and and, and take it, as you say, plan one thing a day. Take it nice and slowly, and then you can. Then it's a it's a it's a good experience for you instead of just go go go, and then you just burn out and everything is uh, on fire. Catherine, final bit of advice from you. I think normalising fatigue, saying you know, acknowledging that it's probably one of the most common side effects from having a diagnosis and going through treatment setting realistic goals, pacing yourself, definitely. I say to some women in the beginning, if they just feel like they're getting too many text messages and phone calls from friends, maybe set up even a private Facebook group with a select number of people, check in once a week. You know, get your friends and partner, if you've got one, to maybe be the gatekeeper for some of those visitors and uh, you know, in those early days, because that can be a bit of a whirlwind. And I think, yeah, just um, resting when you need to and that otherwise be as active as you possibly can and just accept all the help that comes your way, you know, gratefully and just say, yes, that's fantastic. Like Rena said, a meal would be great, you know. People want to help. They really do. And, um, yeah. You did touch on the fact that sometimes rest doesn't work. Rest is not about getting sleep. What do you do then? It's a difficult question. I think, like I said, you know, if if, if you can go for a walk, if you can, 20 minutes, you know, I, I can guarantee that there are mornings and I think I really don't feel like doing my morning walk, but I know damn well that by the time I get back in the door, I'm feeling better. <laughs> so sometimes it is. It's just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and just, um, you know, 20 minutes might be all that's needed. So it's, uh, yeah, 
just, uh, I guess, persevering and, and working out what's going to work for you. Try try to become habitual in some of these things, the routine, knowing that, like Farina was saying, between one and three, that's her rest time. And uh, mindfulness always helps. There's a great app called Calm, which is wonderful. If you can't sleep, those sleep stories can be really good. Um, and just if you're feeling a bit anxious, sometimes a five, ten-minute mindfulness that you can be guided can also be quite helpful as well. just depends what works for you. And we're all different. We'll have uh, all those resources in our show notes. And, of course, there's lots more information on BCNA's website. Thank you, Kathy, Rena, and Catherine for joining us today on Upfront. This podcast was brought to you with thanks to Cancer Australia. BCNA's My Journey has a range of resources about fatigue related to breast cancer. Don't forget to sign up on myjourney.org.au. BCNA's online network is also an online peer-to-peer support community where you can connect with others going through a similar experience. To join, visit bcna.org.au once again. Thanks for joining us on Upfront today. I'm Kelly Curtin. It's good to be upfront with you.